Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. In today's episode, I have two of my really good friends who also happen to be the best of the best in the love and relationship department, Lee Noto and Ani Manyan, and I'm super excited to bring them on to introduce them to you and for them to share their magic and wisdom in this area. These two have supported me so much in the area of love and relationships. I've learned so much from them, from even just witnessing them as models for how I desire to experience myself in relationship. I love and admire their level of commitment, love, open communication, and intimacy, and also how they have navigated through challenging times. I've also loved witnessing their own growth and expansion individually. It's been incredibly inspiring and I I just love everything that they're all about and everything that they're doing. And now they have come together and are supporting women with creating sexy, secure love within themselves and in partnership. Lee and Ani are the founders of Aligned Attraction, which is a modern relationship school for self-aware women who are ready to revolutionize their relationship with themselves and create sexy, secure love. They teach women how to take a stance of fierce love within themselves, the kind of love that cuts through the illusion of unworthiness and allows them to feel deeply safe within themselves, deeply safe to be themselves in relationship. So I know you're going to get so much out of this episode. They have a wealth of knowledge and wisdom, and I absolutely love how they communicate it and deliver it. And beyond this episode, I want to share a really special invite for you to something that Lee and Ani are doing next weekend. On the 16th, they are hosting a free live retreat, a free virtual retreat called Sexy Secure Love. And you can see, you can find the link for this in my show notes, or you can go to sexysecurelove.com slash Steph, S-T-E-P-H. This event is going to be absolutely incredible. And in some of the, some of the things they share in this episode, they're going to be going into way deeper in the Sexy Secure Love event. So make sure you sign up. It's a free event and it's going to be incredibly activating to support you in feeling extra sexy, secure, and in love with yourself. And with everything that you're doing in the world and the beautiful relationship that you are creating, whether you are single, partnered, whatever, I promise you, you're going to get so much out of this podcast episode and their live event. So without further ado, let's welcome Lee and Ani to the show. Welcome to the show, Lee and Ani. I'm so excited to have you here. It's been a long time coming and I'm really excited for what is going to unfold through this beautiful conversation and thank you for being here. We are so happy to be here. Thank you for having us. Yeah. I would love to open it up first with uh, you sharing what brought you guys together. How did you guys meet and what led you into the beautiful work that you're doing today with supporting women, with finding love and supporting people with just creating really fulfilling relationships? Beautiful. So we literally met at a workshop in Brooklyn, New York, surprisingly not on an app, though I was on the apps at the time that we met, but we met in real life. And what I can say about the backstory to why I think we met exactly when we met and how we came together was that in the months leading up to our meeting, I had really started doing some very deep inner work around calling in my partner. 
and this this conversation often gets discussed and i like sharing the kind of inner work that i was doing that i feel really helped me call ani in and you know one of those things i think so many of us as women have our lists the things the qualities that we want in our man how we're going to feel the things we're going to do together like most other women i had my list and i was writing my list one afternoon i was revising it and i remember writing I would like to call in a man who can hold me in all of my emotions. He can hold me in my anger, my sadness, my sorrow, my bliss. And not only is he not going to get scared away, but he's going to love me even more. And I remember as I was writing that, I had a moment where I realized that I wasn't showing up for myself like that. Mm. So here I was wanting and expecting this from somebody else for them to show up for me in a way that I wasn't willing to show up for myself because each time when I would get angry or sad about something, I would distract myself from feeling that emotion. I'd push it away. I'd avoid it. I try to get back into quote unquote high vibe, like a high vibe state. And I wouldn't let myself actually feel the emotion. So I did a lot of emotional bypassing and it became clear to me in that moment of journaling that I wouldn't be able to attract someone who was willing to show up for me in a way that I wasn't willing to show up for myself. So I made it my mission in the months that followed to just be the best partner to myself. And everything on that list, I was going to become for myself. And I was pretty confident that if I just did that, if I just showed up for myself as the best partner to me, then my chances would be all the higher for me to be able to attract people like that into my life. And I made that my mission. And in, I'd say within like three months, I ended up meeting Ani. And it's wild because that was finally when I had declared I was ready. That was finally when I was starting to do this inner work to create the internal environment that would make this physical manifestation a reality. And then we met. Hmm. First, yeah, the first five minutes of meeting, Lee turns to me and she's like, I think you're the man I've been asking for. Really? Yeah. I was like, whoa, that's, <laughs> a, that's a lot of gun right there. <laughs> that's so but, awesome to hear. But she didn't mean it in a romantic way. She um met, she saw, I think in that moment, the potential, even though we had just so I wasn't really um wanting to show up that day at that workshop i'd been up all night in brooklyn partying hard um which was beautiful but i was so underslept and but i gave my word to go and i went and lee got up to speak and it was a public speaking workshop and um i remember that it was like literally when she started talking is when i woke up and I was just so captivated by how authentic she was and how connected she seemed to herself. And she was speaking less, but just transmitting more from a deep well of feeling. And she was talking about her dad. She was talking about her childhood. She was, her dad was a truck driver cro driving cross country when she was growing up and you know, she was telling stories of when she was six years old and she would ride with him in the truck and um, she was sharing, you know, these anecdotes about stopping at truck stops and talking to the other truckers on the CB radio. And it was just such a, it was so heartfelt. Like I could feel her heart mm. through words. And for me, what I was, who I was trying to manifest was someone who was just so exquisitely connected to herself, who was so in touch and in love with her essence that it just radiated, you know, all around her without even meaning to. And so the first break we had, I walked up to her. She was in conversation with someone else. And I just stood there, you know, in between, not right in between the two of them, a little off to the side. We're just waiting till this other woman got the message and she left. And then Lee and I started talking and within five minutes, she's like, 
I think you're the man I've been asking for. And the rest is his. Wow. And so fast forward, how many years ago is that now? Almost five. Wow. Really? Lee, I remember before you met Ani, I remember like a few months before him, you were like in Austin. And then next yeah. Thing- so, wow, almost five years ago. So fast forward, and now you guys are doing this beautiful work uh, in the world. Do you want to share like how that came to be? And then we'll dive into some more juicy stuff. Absolutely. So that is where that statement came from. I think you're the man I've been asking for. Mm. Also, in this inner work journey, months prior to meeting Ani, I put out a thread to the universe. So I was already an intimacy coach at this time, and I was leading intimacy workshops in Brooklyn, and men were starting to come to the workshops. And I thought, wow, this is so amazing. It's not only women anymore. And at that point, I was like, you know what? There really needs to be a male perspective represented as a leader in these workshops. So I have a female perspective. I'd really love to call a man in that I feel leads his life and his work with integrity and can sit by my side and lead these workshops with me. And so I said to the universe, like, help me call in a man that can co-lead. And I said, extra bonus if I actually am in love with him. But that wasn't an expectation. So fast forward to the day of the workshop when I met Ani, when I made that statement, I knew he was the man that I would be leading work with. I didn't know at the time that it was going to become romantic. Initially, my interest was professional, and I got way more than I bargained for in all the best ways. And so I had that premonition from the very first day that we met that we'd be leading work together. And here we are now, almost five years later, really leading work together. And a part of what has led us to this point is going through our own rapture. The three years that ensued after the multiple months of us being platonic friends were very unearthing. It, I joke and I say it was like a three-year ayahuasca journey. Mm. And you know, all of our friends jokingly call Ani, Aniwaska, mm. because he just has this truth and penetrative quality to him that cuts through everything. And for the first three years of our relationship, I had a lot of narratives that kept me in bondage that were really keeping me from being the woman that I am today and the woman that I will continue to become. And these were narratives like, I'm not enough. I need to work hard to prove myself. I'm not worthy. Um, I have to like bust my ass and burn myself out to make anything in the world. These were all inherited narratives. And I had a ton of other stuff in my consciousness, victimhood and blaming and defensiveness And that was a lot of what sat in the underbelly of my subconscious. And through our relationship, I got to see and feel all of that. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done over and over and over again. Yet that complete destruction and obliteration of who I thought I was, which was ego-driven, was what led me, you know, it's like ripping a house down to the studs, completely gutting and renovating it. It's got good bones and it's just like really out of style. So that was me. I've got the good bones. I'm a great person, but I had a lot of old narratives that needed to be, you know, reconsidered Mm -hmm. if I wanted to create the life that I wanted. And so it was a lot of that inner work that became a huge part of my personal story now. And it's the story of so many women, the exact women that we help, which are high achieving women who are the absolute full package, who have everything going for them. They're self-aware, they're doing the inner work and love is just the one area of their life that they have not quite figured out in the way that they want to create the results they want, whether they're single dating or partnered. And my story very much translates to that. So as I continued doing my unraveling and my inner work and building myself to be the woman that I am today, we realized this is the work that we were always meant to lead together. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we're here. Wow. Ani, what was your experience as Lee was going and moving through all of that while you guys were expanding together? 
Yeah, it was also the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, and, it, you know, for me, it was two very distinct experiences. The first one was as Lee's stuff was coming up, my stuff was coming up. Makes sense. And my all of my deepest wounding was getting activated and triggered. And it was mayhem. It was, um, yeah, I think for both of us, like literally the hardest thing we've ever been through. And the reason is that, you know, often we there's this narrative in society that, you know, you one day you meet the one and you're, they're your soulmate. And when you meet them, you know, it just flows and everything's easy. And if it's meant to be, and if they're your soulmate, then it'll feel really easy. It won't feel like work. And then you'll just ride off into the sunset and live happily ever after. And what we found was that the first time that our, our systems experienced enough safety with another person, it was like, oh, great. This is the moment I've been waiting for. And now it's the perfect time for all this stuff that's been buried for a lifetime for to come up and to get picked into the relationship. And so this was a very tumultuous time. So the first process that I was going through was watching all of my triggers come up. And mind you, in this time, we left New York, the home, you know, we'd known, we were sort of settled in. Um, it was sort of a, a stable floor underneath our feet. So that got ripped up and then the pandemic happened and, you know, the whole world shut down. So we were uh, passing through Austin and ended up just staying here um, unintentionally, which ended up being great. But at the time it was, it was like everything we knew disappeared mm. and we were sort of thrust in this, um, this washing machine of uncertainty. And we were, you know, in this new relationship and, like all our stuff was coming up. Now, the second process I was going through was when we left New York um, a few months before, you know, when we had just started dating, I, I asked Lee, I was like, hey, I don't want to do winter in New York again. Do you want to just pass out all your stuff, pack a couple of bags and just go on an around the world trip? And she's like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so we... She, I could feel the enormity of that trust that she placed in me, even though her answer was very quick. And I felt an enormous level of responsibility. So, you know, I had asked this woman to leave her home, uh, toss out most of her possessions, you know, pack a couple of bags and just go off into a world travel adventure journey with me. And here we were in Austin and the world shut down. I felt this enormous responsibility. So I simultaneously was attempting to provide a container for her, an emotional container, a physical container, um, a psychological container, because I felt this enormous responsibility to take care of her and make sure that you know, she felt safe and she felt grounded enough. And this was a very, very, very hard balance to to follow and wasn't always perfect. Um, it was definitely tumultuous. And um, but we had some really we basically spent three years unearthing and resequencing all our wounding, all our patterns, all our triggers, all the stuff from our childhood that was sitting there underneath in the basement waiting for the perfect person who would be willing to step in the arena with us and do this work. Wow. That's deep. And thank God you guys have each other and you're both safe spaces for this to all occur. Cause that's not the usual for, I mean, it's not always the thing for people. Yeah, you know, the unique thing is that here's the thing with triggers and trauma and wounding. 
there were many, many times when I did not perceive Ani to be a safe space. Mm -hmm. I perceived him as the enemy, as the perpetrator. And so in reality, you know, we, we had decided to be safe spaces, but when things got heightened and I felt triggered, all of my mommy wounding came up. And, you know, in, in certain points in my childhood, she was the perpetrator. She was the perpetrator of emotional abuse or something like that, or that was how my child brain perceived it. And so often when things would come up, I would make it a you versus me sort of thing or vice versa. And so we, we've really put a lot of work in to create safety within ourselves. And this is a huge part of my journey was learning to create safety inside of myself so that I wasn't outsourcing it to him, even though he was really offering to provide it. And he's provided it so many times when I was not yet able and, and when I didn't have the capacity to provide that for myself yet. And, you know, we had to learn to develop language for safe communication, emotional expression in a safe way. Because what we learned was finger pointing, defensiveness, anger, projection, shutting down, collapsing boundaries, not expressing needs. This is what most of us are conditioned into. So we had to unravel all of that and then teach ourselves something new. Mm. What would you say to people who are like perhaps single and looking for their person or calling them in like to start creating that safety within themselves in general? One, the first thing I'll say to single people is do as much of the inner work as you can on your own, but you cannot do it all on your own. I used to have this impression that I needed to do all of my inner work before I could call the man in. And that's just categorically false. There are there are some things that only come up in relationship because when that wound was first created, it was usually, it was likely in relationship with someone, a mom, a dad, a caregiver, someone else. So relational wounds need to be resolved in relationship, which is why it can often feel super easy to be single. And we're like, oh, I'm good. I've done all my inner work. And then all of a sudden someone steps in and we're like, oh shit. I am triggered right now. I did not even know this was still here. Hmm. So the first thing I'd say to single people is do what you can on your own and know that that's not the end. That This is the beginning of a beautiful journey of self-discovery and self-actualization that you'll get to do with someone else. Mm -hmm. The second thing I would say is if I were to really make tangible this idea of inner safety I think of masculine and feminine energy and many people listening probably already know that that's not related to our gender identification. We all have masculine and feminine energy that flows through us and the masculine energy, and this is a very brief synopsis of it, what allows us to feel safe is when there is a container, when we feel held, when there are boundaries, when we know what to expect in a relationship, when someone is honest and truthful with us, this is a, a huge cornerstone of masculine energy. It's clear, it's direct, it's purposeful. There's leadership to it. That's when we feel like, oh, okay, I know what I'm getting with this person. Now, if we take that energy and we cultivate that for ourselves, that means for myself, I have healthy boundaries. I know what to expect with myself. I'm going to be radically honest with myself. I'm going to exercise a healthy level of discipline to meet my goals, to become the person I want to become and live the life I want to live. Back to that boundaries piece where I see a lot of women struggle, which was my huge struggle for the longest time and something I still revisit from time to time, is having boundaries with the self-limiting narratives. So when I would you know, when my ego would run and say, I'm not worthy, I'm not enough, I've got to prove myself, I've got to be skinnier, smarter, make more money, all the things. When I learned to cultivate a safe masculine container for myself, that was when my masculine energy stepped in and said, we're not doing that today. I have a boundary. Mm. I am not going to continue to perpetuate those narratives that were handed down to me from society, from 
wherever I, I learn them from, hard boundary. And then where the feminine steps in within me is the feminine is the energy of nurturance, of unconditional love, of acceptance, of emotionality, intuition. And so when my feminine energy steps in, I can apply compassion to myself for why I might be feeling the way I'm feeling or why I might have a particular narrative that has kept me stuck and in limitation and my feminine nurturance with my masculine boundary setting creates a lot of safety for me. Now I'm not bypassing by saying, nope, can't feel that. And I'm also not sitting in a pool of nurturance where there are no boundaries we need both masculine and feminine energy to feel safe inside of ourselves. And that's our responsibility. When we create that safety, then we're much less concerned about what somebody says to us or if a, a man ghosts us or if you know he has an opinion or they have an opinion because we're like, I'm good. I know how to create healthy boundaries. I know how to nurture myself and love on myself when that's needed. So now I get to let them be them and I can be me and we can have a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. Usually with the exception of people who overstep certain things. I'm just referring right. to my own recent experience. Like see you guys <laughs> um, when to recognize where you're, you don't feel fully safe with someone to be able to open up in that capacity is like another story, I guess. Yeah. Totally. I think, you know, there's a whole range of experience there because different people have different levels of capacity mm -hmm. and they have different level of ability and they have different levels of relational skills. And we can only meet people in their emotions and experience as much as we're willing to meet ourselves. So what we're seeing is that typically women are more willing to look in, inward and take responsibility and, you know, really work on their emotional regulation and, you know, being vulnerable and, you know, take a risk. And, you know, we're seeing a, a, a wide range of responses to that. And, you know, as your experience shows right there's a whole range of nervous systems there's a whole range of um of men with all sorts of you know capacity and ability on that spectrum and part of this journey of you know going from being single to being in a partnership is experiencing that variety and contrast and mm -hmm. learning from that because something that you know i found very profound in my journey is that when I see triggers and when I see those little collisions with people what, between my energy and their energy as a little um, indicator like pointing the way home versus something that I'm trying to avoid, something that I'm trying to not encounter on my journey, uh, it completely changes the experience. And ultimately, each one of those experiences points us to something inside ourselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what it's pointing to is, hey, this is a person who's not aligned with my values. This is a person who's not aligned with how I want to be treated, how I want to live. Uh, they're not going where I want to go. Mm -hmm. And therefore, engaging with this person is an act of self-betrayal. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's, oh, wow, this person is bringing up something in me that I need to look at? Where is a boundary that I need to create that I'm not speaking up for? Where is a need that is going unmet that I'm not communicating? What's a fear that I'm experiencing that is buried deep inside and that's coming up in all sorts of ways? And so what is my work to do here? What is my responsibility here not for this other person or anyone else, but for myself, right? And there's a whole spectrum in there. Mm -hmm. So, and that's a very personal, subjective evaluation. And, uh, you know, I say this, love is a contact sport. So we're not going to play this game of love without 
a little bit of collision without coming into contact with, you know, some shoulder checks, you know, sometimes ending up in a heap on the floor. And sometimes it'll just be this exhilarating adrenaline rush that ends in this euphoric climax. But there's a whole range of experience and all of it is teaching us about ourselves. And the more we see that as an invitation to come deeper into intimacy with ourselves, the easier the journey gets. And the mm. more we see it as uh, an externalization as like, oh, this person, this or that person, that where we rob ourselves of that opportunity. Mm. I love everything that you shared there. And I was starting to like, just reflect a little on my own experiences as you were sharing, because for in the last uh, few years, I mean, you guys probably know, I mean, I've been on this journey of um, allowing in my energetic match, you know, and I've had a lot of different connections along the way that all have showed me so many different things that have been preparing me for the perfect energetic match. <laughs> and um, some of those things were not really comfortable. All of the, like how Lee was sharing, the unworthiness piece came come up or, you know, uh, an experience where I had to basically, you know, set, learn boundaries or, um, we realized we didn't want the same thing or, you know, I felt constricted and that just wasn't going to work for me and I had to express myself and um, being able to uh, clearly communicate my truth without being scared that they're going to leave or this, that and the other, but like, and no longer rejecting myself. And I've uh, learned a lot of these different things from several different connections um, and it's been really transformational and not always easy, but like how Lee was also saying some things you can only learn in reflection with someone else, whether it's a long-term relationship or a brief connection. And I've come to the space of looking at all, all of my connections as, um, something to learn and grow from and to just be present with. And I'm really actually in a place of being really excited for what's next. And so I'm like, just reflecting as you're sharing. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's I, I, when we, when we can see things like that, it makes each person and each experience feel like a gift, mm -hmm. even if it is challenging. And Ani, to your point, Love is totally a contact sport. When we're really, when we've really got our sleeves rolled up, like we're on, we're on the field with each other. We're playing the game. We're running side by side, you know? And so it's, yeah, it, it's, we experience the whole range of our human emotions by opting in to choose love. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about sexy, secure love? Ooh, yeah, let's do it. That's what you guys are um, all about and uh, supporting people with. I know that um, a lot of people, we have like our attachment style, the whole anxious, avoidant, anxious, whatever. Like I went deep into that when a lot of my stuff was coming up. I'm like, all right, I got to get to the bottom of like, what's going on here? So I want to hear your, what is sexy, secure love? How does one, um, what does it feel like? What does it feel like? Let's start there. Yeah. I'll talk about the feels and then Ani talk about secure attachment and, and what mm -hmm. that even means for us. So for me, what has really transformed the most in, in my wounding in this sort of sexy, secure love is that I feel deeply safe to be myself. And in many of my relationships, in some way, I felt like I had to put on a front mm. or I had to show him one part of me, but reserve another part of me for when I was alone, or I had to put some extra makeup on or make sure I wasn't expressing a certain side of me, whether that was a sexual desire or something else. I had always kept some part of me sequestered off because I was afraid that if I showed that part of me, he would leave or I'd be rejected or I'd lose love. And that was a pretty consistent experience in my childhood with my mom. And so in this relationship, in going 
head to head and rumbling through some of our toughest wounds and seeing Ani there no matter what, like no matter how tough things got, he was always still there. I'm like, okay, clearly this guy isn't going anywhere. So it looks like I can be myself. And I tested him a lot. I poked and poked and poked. And this wasn't conscious at the time, but often when we have childhood wounding, we will poke. Like if I do this, are they still going to be there? And I poked a lot. And in that poking and testing and seeing that he was steadfast. And he 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 said to me many times, you can keep trying to blow this up, but I'm not going anywhere. I was like, oh man, okay, he's really here. Can I create the safety inside of myself to learn to trust this and receive it? Because he can say this as many times as he wants, but if I don't believe that I get to have this and if I don't let myself have this, I will always feel like I can't have it and I'll never let myself have it. And what we all desire most as women is to feel so safe that we can completely let go of everything and surrender. It's like the feeling of climax and orgasm. It's like the feeling of a yawn when you finally give into it. And it's like you have that big chest expansion and open breath when you just let yourself yawn and you surrender into it. Mm. This kind of love for me feels like for me it feels so relaxed so energizing so engaging i feel like i can show up and fully be myself i can tell him anything because i've created the security in myself to not turn away from myself or reject myself anymore i can reveal these parts of myself to ani and that's the key here ask another question in here yeah like you, you said that he said like he's there for you no matter what or something along those lines when you were going into your stuff and didn't feel like he would accept it, you. How did, how were you able to move through some of that to be able to get to that space of like being seen, being you, like letting him in, you know, because yeah. I mean, it's the, definitely something I've struggled with and I'm sure a lot of other people to really, really actually trust that and feel that and relax into that aside from just trusting him, you know, like, right. yeah, I would love to hear a little bit right. more about that. Yeah. And I, I will share that I really consider myself to be a very independent, autonomous woman. So trusting someone was not easy for me. Quite literally what I would do especially when I was in self-abandonment and self-rejection and then projecting that onto Ani and using him to reject myself, which is something Mm -hmm. a lot of us do. We use other people to reject ourselves and to other ourselves and make ourselves wrong and bad and shameful. I would go into a room, I'd close the door, I I would curl my knees into my chest and I would rock back and forth. And I would imagine my own little girl in my lap and I would I would cross my arms and hold myself and I'd say, it's okay, baby girl, I got you. I love you, you're safe. And I would do this over and over and over again. And I would kiss my own shoulder and I would squeeze my arms and I would touch my face. And I would say, I'm so sorry you didn't feel this way growing up. I'm so sorry that you didn't get this nurturance from mommy. I'm so sorry that daddy wasn't around, but I'm here for you now, I got you. I know you feel scared. I know you just want love. I promise I'll give that to you. And if you need something from me, please just tell me, but I'm going to be here for you at every turn I can. And I'm going to get better and better at showing up for you. Because now as an adult, mommy and daddy have nothing to do with it. It's, it's, it's me that my little girl wants. It's me that my inner teenager wants. Those versions of me want to know that the adult me is going to show up no matter what. And when I keep showing up for myself in these moments when I feel ashamed or embarrassed or angry, and I'm like, I got you. It's okay. You get to feel this way. And I'm going to take care of you. You don't have to worry about this anymore. Adultly is here to step in. When that, when I do that, I feel so safe and grounded. And then Ani can say virtually anything to me. And I'm like, it's okay. I got you, little girl who feels hurt and scared and rejected. And then I can handle the situation like an adult and I can communicate like an adult. And so that was the practice that 
brought me from being in a lot of self-abandonment and rejection to being able to show up for myself and actually receive his love and provision because I was showing up for myself like that. Mm, That was a beautiful answer and explanation. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Ani, did you want to go into some of that as well? Yeah. So I think one of the things that Lee's illustrating is that it's, and this is part of our philosophy, it's really, really hard, if not impossible, to have secure attachment with another person if we first don't have secure attachment with ourselves. And all security, all trust, all of this stuff that we are seeking from another person is actually something we're we're seeking from ourselves. And we refuse to give it to ourselves and try to source it indirectly from someone else, which never really works out. And so anytime in our relationship where one of us is having trouble trusting the other, really what's happening is that we're having trouble trusting ourselves. We're not fully showing up in the way that we would need to with ourselves. That would actually... um, make it completely immaterial how the other person responds, reacts, chooses to show up. Because regardless of how deep of a committed relationship we're in, we do not have control over another person. And, you know, even in this world where, um, you know, the what is considered to be the highest level of commitment is marriage, which is enforced by Uh, a legal system and and contracts and, you know, courts and laws and stuff, it gets really messy. And, you know, we're seeing 50 plus percent divorce rates. It's just not working. The, The paradigm of relationship that is in society right now. So the first sort of thing to really understand here, if we want to have really satisfying, fulfilling, deeply secure, trusting relationships, we have to first be willing to cultivate that with ourselves. And when we're not, and we seek to outsource that to someone else, we're always going to find ourselves being disappointed. And what's going to happen is we're going to find ourselves feeling out of control because we fundamentally can't control another person. So we can't actually control if they're going to meet that need. We cannot control that they were, they're always going to show up in a way that's trustworthy. We cannot control that even though we um, we are in a, a bond that's committed, that's um, enforceable by these legal contracts that they won't want to leave, right? And so the, the core thing here is what we call differentiation, which is one, in this relationship, can I fully be myself and can I let the other person fully be themselves? And what this allows for is commitment and freedom to coexist. So we both used to be commitment phobes because freedom is our number one value. And we used to think that, you know, a committed relationship is where freedom goes to die. A committed relationship is where we lose our individuality and our autonomy, but it couldn't be further from the truth because the deepest form of commitment actually is what grounds us the greatest level of freedom. And the only way we can access that is if we are fully differentiated in a relationship. That is, I can be fully me and you can be fully you. I'm not trying to control you and you're not trying to control me. And the only way we can do that is if we have a healthy sense of self and we are willing to show up for ourselves and take full responsibility for ourselves. And when we can do this, then what is what opens up is that we can actually rumble get into conflict, get into um, places where we're really trying to negotiate, we're really trying to navigate some some stickiness, we're really in the arena, um, you know, sometimes in a wrestling match, but we're still trusting that the connection will be there. The container of the relationship and what it represents remains intact while inside that container, we're just going through this boxing match or 
uh, some mud wrestling or a jello fight or a pillow fight, whatever you want to call it. And it's okay, right? We can renegotiate ourselves and each other while still being held by the container of the relationship. And the best way that I can illustrate secure attachment, because, you know, a lot of people these days, thankfully, are learning about attachment. They're learning about attachment styles and all this stuff. But I think it's still a very conceptual understanding for a lot of people. So let me give you um, an illustration. So if you're listening, imagine that wherever you are right now, maybe you're standing, maybe you're walking, maybe you're sitting down. Imagine that instead of solid ground underneath your feet, it's actually quicksand. Or it's water. You're actually standing on the ocean, on the surface of the ocean. And just imagine how that would feel for your body, for your nervous system. To be standing on something that is not predictable, that's not consistent, that's not secure, that's not steady, that's not unwavering. It would feel really freaky, actually, <laughs> right? It would feel uncertain, it would feel insecure, it would feel tentative, it would feel unsafe. And when we're born when into this world, as babies, the only thing we have is attachment. The only thing we have is our connection to our mothers. And for a lot of people, what happens is that that connection, that attachment, the only thing we have gets disrupted. And it could be in very conspicuous, innocuous ways that, you know, mom's in the kitchen and she's, you know, on the phone and she's ordering stuff and she's cleaning and baby is crying in the room and mom doesn't hear the baby. And for those brief few minutes that mom doesn't hear the baby, the baby thinks that, um, mom isn't going to come and mom isn't coming because there's something wrong with baby, right? Because the baby will never make mom wrong because baby depends on mom for survival. So baby becomes bad, baby becomes defective. And so we learn about ourselves through that first relationship and that, and the mechanics and texture and density and uh, emotionality of that relationship determines every relationship we have for the rest of our lives. And so when that feels like quicksand, it doesn't feel like something we can count on, something we can rest on, something we can just be at ease standing on, then our entire life, the entire universe feels uncertain. It feels insecure. And our systems have to work over time. We have to tighten up. We have to be hypervigilant. We have to be anxious. We have to worry. We have to be in stress to cope, to survive. And so that's what the opposite of secure attachment feels like. Mm. And this is why we're so um, obsessed with bringing this work to more people and more women, because in the world we live in, it's not designed for women to feel safe. And a world in which it's not you know, easy and um, possible for women to feel fully safe being in their bodies and feel secure is not a world that can thrive. And so secure attachment from our perspective is the, the most important ideal for every human being to try to realize, man or woman. And this is why relationships are the ultimate crucible where we can step into the arena with another person who's willing to step in there with us and actually create this and create this sometimes after some very, very, very challenging moments. Now that's the secure part. Mm -hmm. There's also a sexy part because we can have a really deep bond with another person and it can feel beautiful and safe. But what we also want is the desire, the passion, the sexiness, the novelty, the fun. And so historically, this has been an either or thing, right? You, we know the, the dead bedroom phenomenon that after people are married for like, you know, five, 10 years, sex starts to dwindle and, you know, the, the excitement starts to wear off and then they have to seek it in all these other ways. We don't think this has to be mutually exclusive. And we believe that when we approach love, relationships, intimacy, connection in the right way, we can not only have the security and the safety, 
where we can have ridiculous amounts of sexiness because mm-hmm. root of pleasure, the root of play, the root of fun and novelty is actually safety. It's only when we feel safe can we experience the greatest amount of pleasure. Mm-hmm. And so most people think that these are either or, they're mutually exclusive. It's one or the other, but actually one leads to the other. The gateway to the pleasure and the desire and the fun and the excitement that we want comes from the safety, comes from the security, comes from having a stable, hard floor underneath our feet. That makes total sense. Total, total, total sense. I love the way that you explain things. Oh, thank you. So how does one like begin to create this sexy secure love whether they are single and calling it in or maybe they're in partnership depending on how long whatever and they are seeking more of that security and pleasure in their life what are some maybe takeaways or things that people can do and then we can talk about what you guys are sharing beyond this So we really believe that our relationship with everyone and everything outside of us stems from our relationship with ourselves. Everything outside of us is a mirror for what is happening inside of us, what we choose to perceive, how we create, what we manifest. It is all a reflection of our internal state. So if we want to create sexy, secure love with a partner, whether that's a partner we're in the process of calling in, someone we're dating, someone that we've been partnered with, it all starts with us creating sexy, secure love with ourselves. And in practice, what that means is, do I feel safe to reveal all of myself to myself? Mm -hmm. Or am I worried that if I feel angry, if I... uh, feel ashamed of something, if I perceive that I fuck something up, that I'm going to abandon myself, that I'm going to punish myself, that I'm going to judge myself. If I use all of those familiar tactics that were passed down to me as a way to quote unquote, keep myself in line, then I'm not ever going to feel safe with myself. I'm going to keep hiding parts of myself from myself because I'm afraid that if part of me, the, the judger, the criticizer, my inner, you know, inner critic sees that, then it all hell's going to break loose. So better believe that I'm going to keep those parts hidden away. However, if I make it so deeply safe for myself to, to see whatever arises and accept and love on that, even if I'm no longer going to tolerate it, then I reveal myself honestly. I might say, you know what? I did something and it was out of integrity for me. I want to clean that up. I'm not going to judge myself or diminish myself. I'm going to love on myself and I'm going to restore integrity and I'm going to clean that up and I'm going to do better next time. And I'm going to apologize to this person and I'm going to be good with myself. That creates this foundation of safety. And then the sexiness is, you know, do I create the conditions necessary to feel turned on in life. And this is not only sexual or erotic turn on. This is, do I feel like I'm giving myself the space and creating the conditions to feel alive, to feel engaged? If I am constantly waking up in bed and checking Instagram and checking emails and not doing my meditation or stretching or the things that I know feel really good for me, I'm going to feel turned off. I'm going to feel tired, drained, burnt out. And so I'm not going to feel sexy. I'm not going to feel alive. I'm going to feel pretty dead and dull. However, if I create the conditions to receive the nourishment and give myself the nourishment that I need, whether that's hanging out with friends, moving my body, working out, drinking enough water, eating the kinds of foods that feel good for me, I'm going to feel really alive. I'm going to feel sexy. I'm going to feel attractive because I am creating the conditions to feel attractive for myself. And so when we create that foundation within ourselves, it makes it natural for us to be able to create that with someone else. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said. Do you want to add anything, Ani? Yeah. And, you know, 
this work, this level of integrity and um, devotion to ourselves, when it's complemented by a few things that apply when we relate to other people, which is namely, one, having a vision for what kind of a relationship we want. So most people out there, they're trying to hit a target that they can't see. And, you know, imagine that you have, you're playing darts, but you're blindfolded and someone just spins you around. How easy or hard is it going to be to hit the bullseye? Like probably very close to impossible. And that's what most people are trying to do. Most people don't have a reference point for the kind of relationship that they actually want. They didn't grow up with the reference point. In fact, the experience that they had growing up in their childhood, the relationship that their caregivers and parents modeled for them, the relationships that were modeled all around them are the exact kind of relationships that don't lead to the kind of love that they want. In fact, it's directly opposing. It's all of these dysfunctional, unhealthy dynamics. It's, it's actually taking them away from the sexy, secure love that we're talking about. Um, and so we need a, a vision for where we want to go. If we want to actually get there, it's like we call Uber and we don't specify a destination. I mean, it's going to be very hard to get there. Second, we need a model for how this works. And we also need skills because relationships like anything else require skills. Like if someone wants to be a great computer programmer, they need to learn programming. If someone wants to be you know, a financial advisor or a graphic designer or an artist, they're going to have to go and acquire those skills. And like anything else, relationships and the, you know, relating to another human being, it's a skill and a skill can be learned. A skill can be taught. So we need to acquire these skills, skills in terms of how to communicate, especially during hard, challenging times, how to open our heart when we feel closed and shut down. Something I had to learn. Because when I was growing up, uh, there was a lot of conflict in my household. Um, there was a complete absence of boundaries. And after a conflict, everyone would just freeze out. And, you know, my dad would freeze out, my mom would freeze out. And then it would be like this for like three to four days. And then as if nothing had happened, everyone would just go back to acting like normal. Mm. And it was crazy shit. And, you know, in our relationship, when we used to have conflict and my heart would close like that because all of that old wounding got reactivated and my inner child would be like, not safe, not safe, shutting down, <laughs> turning off, going offline, and I'm not opening, right? And Lee had to try again, try again, try again, try again. And it took me so much work to learn to open my heart and trust again. And so all of these things, in addition to the skills, require practice. We need to be, and this is why we created the school, which is basically a devotional dojo where women can come, they can learn these skills, they can create a vision for the kind of relationship that they want. They can see this actually be modeled. So they see it and they're like, oh, wow, I like that. I want something like that. You know, this is how I want to feel. And they can actually practice. They can practice opening their hearts. They can practice looking at challenging narratives and beliefs. They can practice um, stating their needs, communicating boundaries, and noticing what that somatic experience is that arises where, oh my God, my heart's beating fast. My, my temperature's rising. My pulse is quickening. This feels really intense for me. But once I practice doing it a couple of times in a safe space, then when it, you know, something gets triggered in a relationship, it feels so much easier because now I have a reference point for what it's like. I've actually done it before. It's not something that's new and completely out of the reservation in terms of my reality. I, there's a, it's a place that I know, so I can go back there and I can go back there. And over time I can stabilize in this new place and intimacy feels safe for me. I can actually open my heart. I can be vulnerable. I can communicate. I can relate. I can take responsibility. I can take ownership for the stuff that's mine without projecting it at the other person. And over time, and in a very short amount of time, actually, it becomes possible not only to attract the kind of people 
who we want to be in relationship with, who feel, you know, like they're really aligned to where we are in life and where we're going, but also to create really rich, really deeply fulfilling relationships where we have this feeling like, hey, we can handle anything that comes our way. We're a team and, you know, we can't control what's going to happen if the last few years are anything to go by. But you know what? I believe in our ability to handle whatever comes our way because we're a team. We can talk it out. We can just address things without letting them go unsaid. We can clear withholds. We can share our, our fears. We can, you know, play in the joy of our desires and we can just do whatever we need to do to have the kind of relationship that we want. Hmm. So beautiful. You got me all pumped up. I like how you said, like, it takes a vision, a model and skills. And it's, you're, it's so true. It really does, um, take all of that and, and to continuously show up for yourself and continue to be open and learn and grow and, and commit to yourself to be able to experience the level of intimacy that we all desire and deserve within ourselves and with another person. And it's so beautiful that both of you are doing this and creating the space for people to learn, to feel safe, to uh, know how to communicate in a healthy and clear way that benefits them and the person they're with. And I think it's just so beautiful. So what do you guys, you guys have a few things coming up if you want to take the stage and share a little bit about that for anyone listening. If you want to uh, learn more from Lee and Ani, highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, so yeah, take whoever wants to, Lee. Yeah. So we do have something coming up called Sexy Secure Love, and it's a half day live virtual retreat. It's happening on September 16th. And we are so excited for it. This is this is the place where you're going to get to roll your sleeves up and learn how to create the kind of relationship that feels deeply safe and ridiculously sexy. So we're going to get in there. We're going to workshop. We're going to look at beliefs. We're going to look at how we show up in relationships, help you create a vision. We are going to, in the best ways, tear up the floorboards so that you have a roadmap to creating this so that by the time the retreat is over, you know exactly who the version of you is that has this sexy, secure relationship so that you can step into her and allow it to be natural, even if there is some inner work to do. And it's completely free. That's the best part. Completely free, <laughs> September sixteenth, and and it's like a full, kind of like a full day thing, correct? Where you go in, we're going in, yeah. We're going to be together from eleven a.m. to three p.m. Okay, cool. central. Wow, and it is um, okay. So I'm definitely going to obviously put the link for the show notes in here, so anyone listening definitely check it out. Is there going to be a replay or anything, or they have to be there live? How does this? How does that work? Totally. If you can make it live. Definitely, definitely encourage you to show up live and just allow this to be a portal where you calibrate to a level of intimacy that feels unheard of, that you cannot even imagine. Because at one point of time, that's what this was for us. We couldn't imagine a level of intimacy beyond what we'd experienced. And so we want to blow the, the doors wide open in terms of what's possible for you in your love life. Um, so if you can make it live, great. We'd love to have you because there's going to be lots of opportunities to um, be coached by us one-on-one, -on -one, to watch other women be coached and a lot of really interactive, you know, experiential things where you actually get to experience stuff in your body. And yeah, I highly, highly, highly recommend showing up live if you can. But if you can't and or you're hearing this after the retreat happened, go to the same URL. We're going to make the replay available. So at the very least, you can go through the whole experience as if you were there and get all the same value. And there'll be lots of exercises and ways to practice with other people in the aligned attraction community. So you can have pretty much a very similar experience, even if you're catching this after the live retreat happened. And the same URL will work. So sexysecurelove.com backslash Steph, S-T-E-P-H. Cool. 
Thank you guys so much. And for those listening, seriously, Lee and Ani are like the best of the best. I fully vet them that you guys have supported me in a lot of ways with just so many things. And I love witnessing you both uh, just in, in how you've grown. So I know that this retreat, this event, this experience is going to be absolutely transformational, really fun, activating, and really inspiring and will support so many people. So thank you guys for coming on and sharing your magic. And for everyone listening, go check out the show notes, go to the link, sign up for the Sexy Secure Love Retreat and connect with Leonani. Also, where can people find you and connect with you? If you guys want to share- Instagram is the best platform. Yeah. At Leenoto underscore L-E-E-N-O-T-O. And you can find me at Ani.M-A-N-I-A-N, Manian, on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you guys again so much. If there's any last words you would like to share with everyone, you can do so. Otherwise, we'll sign off. Everyone gets to experience sexy, secure love. It's our birthright. And so the only thing standing between us and that is us fully and truly seeing ourselves in our power. Amen to that. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day. 